Welcome to our 12 days of self-mastery and throughout this whole 12 videos that I've been doing with yourself, it's primarily me sharing with you some knowledge, wisdom and certainly stuff from experience. However, one particular area I talked about two days ago was about setting New Year's instead of doing resolutions, setting New Year's intentions. So you're, you know, you're being propelled by a positive intention rather than trying to fix a problem. The problem is, of course, 91% of people fail in their resolutions. This is a statistical fact, and only 9% achieve it by the end of the year. And I also alluded to or touched upon something called, which I use, I've been using for years, it's called the Massive Goal Principle. So the Massive Goal Principle didn't just pop out from thin air, it's, there's years of research behind it. And what I am delighted to announce to you is I have actually got the creator of the Massive Goal Principle with me, David Heiner. So this is going to be a conversation stroke interview. I'm going to share some stuff about Massive Goals. David, welcome to our mastery, self-mastery series. Hello, my friend. Lovely to be with you as always. Brilliant. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. So (laughs) this is about setting your New Year resolutions, if you want to call it that, for 2022. Uh, And, you know, Dave, I know it's probably the same for you. It is frustrating the life out of me how people are constantly giving giving into mediocrity because of just well-intentioned bad advice. So I I always research it, even if I know something. I want to research, make sure, find out what others are saying. And I I went into the research of what are the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to resolutions, and one of them kept coming up and it was like I haven't got much hair to pull out you know I think I lost most of it in the last couple of days which was people the, the mistake these experts coaches and mentors offering they're saying the reason they're not achieving their goals their resolutions is people aren't being realistic talk to me David oh it, it, it winds you up right as well yeah you know my Achilles heel there don't yeah. you um, yeah. straight straight in there okay so First, first things first, anything I'm about to say is not necessarily or wasn't David's Heiner's opinion. It's based upon, uh, I think, nearly now 23 or 24 years of research interviews, 250 plus men and women all over the world, every walk of life you could possibly imagine who have achieved at the highest level consistently and with integrity. So that is what the premise for my content I can't speak for those who talk about realistic and achievable goals, what their stuff is based upon. I know what they think their stuff is based upon, and it's rubbish. Okay. So so, so obviously they're talking about smart goals, which, you know, we we learned at, I don't know, I'm I'm sure it was college or university, I learned at smart goals. And I had a challenge with that, Dave. I had a challenge because I, as you know, uh, very well know that I was in medical devices sales. I was a uh, former kickboxing champion and let's use the martial arts analogy when i used to go training people used to say to me all the advisors would tell me haroon you need to gain weight and I, I was very very skinny you need to gain weight you need to be stronger you'll never make it you know what i at eight and a half stone by the way i ate this is way back i beat british heavyweight champions in competitions because I just didn't follow the narrative. And this is a narrative that we need to really dispel. That's, who, who invented the smart goal, Dave? Well, people mistakenly 
think it was down to a guy called Peter Drucker, right? Uh, because in his book he quoted the acronym SMART. Therefore, a lot of assumptions have been made that he was the creator of SMART. Because I'm a researcher, I've done my knitting, and because I'm a bit of a skeptical brummy by nature, so I thought let's find out what's true. Because if every business school, every business management training course, everybody's being taught to set smart or realistic and achievable goals surely there must be some credibility in it so i started asking business school professors entrepreneurs people who quoted coaches expert trainers facilitators mentors who quote smart goals what's it based upon and there was tumbleweed absolute no what, what, what sorry what do you mean what is it was it well because it works <laughs> okay for some maybe but What's its foundation? Occasionally, people would quote Peter Drucker. So I did my research, found out the original creator of the acronym SMART, who is hardly ever quoted. I mean, and not once yet has anybody, when I've said, so we invented the acronym SMART, has ever said this person's name. His name was George T. Duran. He was a project manager in the United States of America who is misquoted. <laughs> people say your goal should be smart not once have i ever seen anything he ever wrote that suggests your goal should be smart this was a guy who was a project manager who worked on massive i mean multi-billion dollar water utility projects and he's actually quoted as saying when working on really big projects the steps to your goal should be smart that's different yeah so, 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 so it's not a smart goal. Your goal itself isn't smart. It's the steps. And we really, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, guys, if you're watching this video, we're going to, not going to treat you like a six-year-old, but, but we're going to explain it in a way that you, even if you're drunk and on drugs, you trip over, you still will understand what we're talking about. So what do you mean by the steps, Dave? Okay, so everybody starts off with uh, this big idea, the goal, the mission, you know, the the end result, the target, the goal to put the net in, or the net to put the ball. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. Everyone starts with the outcome in mind, and then sometimes people work backwards from that. Sometimes say, "Well, what have I got to do first and work forwards?" Everybody has a different way of working towards or that goal, but. I am yet to see any goal setting process of any effectiveness whatsoever that doesn't have incremental tasks, steps, or things on your to-do list that need to be accomplished in order to achieve said big goal or target. Hmm. So the goal itself, the outcome, the final thing you want must be really big because 258 out of 258 top achievers I've interviewed have all said, massive goals or something similar. Not one of them have ever said either, when I've asked them, how do you set goals, either realistic and achievable or smart in their answer. Not one of them. Leaves clues, huh? Yeah, well, well, the, the word smart, just in case you don't know the word smart, which is good, by the way, I'll tell you anyway. Specific, measured, achievable, realistic, and timed. So you have a, a deadline. That, David. That is Peter Drucker's version of smart. Right. Okay. Yeah, you see, and this this is where we should really start testing people in the world of personal development and uh, you know on the fluffier side of learning and development, which we sit in. Yeah. We need to start pressuring people to make sure they get their facts right, because Peter Drucker said that. 
no problem with that if you're a follower of Peter Drucker. But if you want what its original source was based upon and someone who achieved like stuff, what you need to do is specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. Wow. Wow is wow. How, how many pe- how many people set New Year's resolutions because somebody else told them to? How many people set, do New Year's resolutions because they just guessed their way there? When in reality, which uh, in my video a couple of days ago on intentions, I talk about alignment. Is it aligned to who you are and what you are, what you stand for in terms of your values? Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Dave. I didn't know that, so this is new to me. Well, also, I mean, we're we're making, and I don't wish to date this, but we are doing something about New Year. So we're doing something in the New Year. Yeah. And everybody's on feels obliged to set a goal for 2022. New Year, new start, bish bosh. There is so much pressure on people to do that, that you're not starting from a place of excitement and looking forward and opportunity you're doing it from a place of oh i better do something otherwise look what's going to happen to me yeah another 20 another 2021 oh my god yeah and so my research has suggested there's actually not a bad time to set a big goal but january probably isn't the best now ironically i do I set goals for the calendar year simply because my business runs accounting wise to a calendar year. Makes sense for me to do that. But if you've got a really big thing you want to do, that can be any time of the year. Why would you deliberately try to stay motivated on something that seems really, really big at a time when you're on a typically an alcohol and mince pie detox? (laughs) You feel like, You've only just got rid of the family. Mm-hmm. You know, the dogs have ripped the tree apart. Your carpet's full of pine needles. Your house is wrecked. You've got to get up a ladder and take lights down. What is it with lights these days? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you just go, oh, I've got to start work. And, oh, but, uh, and everything's like, oh, and a goal as well. You know, what? we're not in the best place to do that. So hold really? fire, but maybe hold fire for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Unless, unless you are the type of person, because we're all different, unless you are the type of person who, like, January the 1st, da, 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 Captain Caveman, let's go. You know, but, yeah, it, it just hold fire for a couple of weeks. Plan it properly. Make the, his, and I know you, you are very good at this, right? You are very good at this, which is when you've set the massive goal, use this time to sit down and plan those steps. Plan the steps. You know, you're really good at this. Plan the steps and then do the one thing that most people never do, which is prioritize those steps. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody normally just does the easy stuff first, quick win, woo woo, feel mm. good, get a dopamine hit, and then get scared of the big stuff. What top achievers do is whilst their time, energy, motivation, and resources at its greatest, they go big on the scariest stuff first. Mm. That way, when everyone else's day, gets harder as gets easier beautiful absolutely br- brilliant now where in order to explain step by step how to do the massive goals it's going to take a bit longer and um, so what i recommend everyone is get hold of david's amazing course it's actually 19 pound 99 which is by the way just to let you know dave you know my opinion on this underpriced like crazy but i know um there's a reason I, for that. Though. There's, what, what is the reason? To share, to share, share. Because it's about purpose. It's about legacy. Okay. I, would, I would much rather have something that was accessible to millions of people 
rather than something that I sell high because it's of huge value and only 20 people buy it. I mean, over 30,000 people have already bought this course. Wow. Wow. So, so, wow. Oh, my. We're about, we're about legacy here. Yeah. Legacy purpose. Okay. Well, wow. Um, So, just to give people context, I know you don't like talk about yourself too much. You talk about everybody else. Let's give a bit of context. So, yeah, exactly. I'm going. I will if you will. Yeah, of of course. (laughs) So let's start off with you first, though, and then after we finish recording, will you can ask me? So, when you first came up with the con, you've done the research, so you did. You know, you've been setting massive goals yourself for a long time. What was your first project you worked on? To prove that it worked, because obviously, you know, it's they all have their all, all these top achievers have all their own systems and whatever approach they took, but you codified it. Yeah. Um, and by codifying it, I'm, I'm, I keep going like this, by the way, because that gives away what we're going <laughs> So, So you created a pyramid shape, a massive gold pyramid. Yeah. How did you test it out? How did you prove that it works or otherwise? Okay. Um... Can I take half a step back in order to answer that question? Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Okay. I was your stereotypical average bloke, a bit scared of setting big goals, very comfortable with setting realistic goals. Um, <laughs> I, I often joke when I do my talks and presentations that right, you're looking at someone who's strived for and achieved nothing at all till the age of 30. And uh, <laughs> I'd realised that at 30, I'd got these big goals in life, things I need to achieve places I wanted to go things I wanted to do but I was so scared of failing or succeeding I was I was scared of both mm-hmm. just in case people didn't like me or I looked stupid or I lost everything so I always played safe and all of these top achievers when I was interviewing them were saying massive goals massive goals massive goals I was going okay okay I've got to try this especially when one of them challenged me to I thought mm, mm-hmm. okay otherwise I'll have no integrity whatsoever so I better mm-hmm. have a go but I was so terrified of doing something for me in case it failed. I thought, okay, how about if I do something for charity? So if we organize a big charity fundraising event and in one event, try to raise as much as we can, which was a good idea until I realized that I was on my own. I only got my spare time, never fundraised before and was using an unproven goal setting process. Um, and Perfect the, start. Yeah. And, and this charity laughed me out of the room when I said what I wanted to do. Cause he said, how much do you want to raise? And this figure just popped into my head, which was £50,000. And they laughed at me. They went, you know, you're a volunteer. You're on your own. You've never done. No, bye-bye. And they literally showed me out the door. Uh, One person believed in me, lovely man called Melvin uh, from West Bromwich Building Society at the time. And uh, I grabbed him. We went for a cup of tea. And we did this massive goal together. And we didn't raise £50,000, but we did raise quarter of a million pounds 288 grand in our first event and wow whoa, 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 whoa. hold you breathe everybody else as you're listening to this breathe okay just calm down breathe so your intention was to raise 50 grand what was their record for that charity you know uh, can we say who they are or yeah yeah they were called cancer research at birmingham the crab appeal c-r-a-b okay. and uh they're, they they had, I think, six or seven very experienced entrepreneurs, local business leaders who generously gave their time and support to raise funds for cancer research at Birmingham. Mm. And uh, together they took, I think it was six months to do their single biggest event, which credit to them had raised 48 grand, 
which you can see why then they laughed at me when I said I want to do 15-1 by myself. Um, and and, and uh, with a system that you've never used before. Yeah, you know, and, and I don't blame them at all. I probably would have laughed at someone who'd said that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they didn't know something, Haroon. What what they and 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 I'm and I know I'm preaching to converted in you yeah. here, so yeah. because you are massive on this. But I want to speak to the people watching this today, which is they didn't know something, and I didn't realise it for many years afterwards, until all the top achievers alluded to this, which is when they left me out of the room, they didn't realise that three months earlier I'd lost my mum to cancer, mm. and I promised her that I would do something in her name of significance and so when they left me out of the room it was both terrifying for me but also the best thing they could have done because i had and this is this is my 64 million dollar answer right mm. i had a reason why i must that was bigger than my insecurities and fears of failure okay that's so important to hear this and repeat this your purpose and i'm yeah. shivers down my spine i mean this is so relevant your purpose and your fears, they have to be out of balance. In other words, your purpose has to be way bigger than you. And this is, by the way, this is one of the biggest reasons why people fail with realistic damn goals. Because they have not got enough purpose behind it. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and in fact, they don't even have fears behind it, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, you need some amount of fear, by the way. I believe you need some amount of fear. And, 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 and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flick this on to you now, because... You've many times told me your story of growing up and going into martial arts and kickboxing, and I don't know whether you're comfortable sharing it or not. And if you're not, that's fine because it's mm. your interview, mate. Mm. But to turn the tables, I remember you telling me around the reason why you went into martial arts, the reason why you became a kickboxing champion. Oh, do you? Okay. And your and your reason was just like I can only. I mean, I know you. I've known you as an adult, and how determined you are when you when you see that finish line, you go. And uh, I can only imagine what you were like as a kid with a purpose burning inside of you. It's it's interesting because at the time when I uh, when I was tw uh, twelve from twelve, I used to work full time for my dad in the evening, selling serving customers, selling curry. Basically, we had an Indian takeaway. Um, seven Have you any week. idea how Indian you sounded when you said Indian takeaway? Yeah, 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 yes. I, 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 I am trying to be natural with my accent. It's like so, I go, bro, me when I get excited. I, I, like I, get, I, I get really <laughs> excited when I go Indian. And so I, I only used to serve customers and help because I was scared of my dad. Um, and for me, I didn't do, join martial arts to learn how to fight. I had a temper on me. I, you, I would take on anyone bigger than me. I was like this as a little kid. So at the age of 14, it was, for me, it was actually, my purpose was to get out and have a life. It was like, I felt like I was locked in a prison. And, the, uh, you know, and my dad, who's a Bruce Lee fan, I said to him, look, Kung Fu school starting. And he thought, oh, you know, I'm, my son's going to make it uh, as a Kung Fu champion or whatever. And, and that was my way out. I lived in an area where there was an awful lot of racism awful lot um in school i was the one person only person of color plus one chinese kid um other than him i was the only person of color so you know i had to deal with a lot of bullying a lot of aggression and it wasn't to beat anybody because within school also i was talked down that i had an english teacher this is in sunderland um, all the kids had a heavy heavy northern accent and um, the english teacher once looked at all the kids and said 
Look at you lot. You don't even know how to speak English and you were born here. Look at Haroon. He's not even one of us and he speaks better than you. I used to have a Brummie accent, by the way. Wow. So, and I thought, compliment or criticism? Yeah. I don't know what it is. In that moment, I made a decision that I am going to prove to everybody I'm better than them. Not because in an arrogant way, just to show that I am not going to be talked about or talked to in that way. So for me, I didn't want to be locked in working seven days a week. I wanted freedom. For me, it was freedom was my big purpose. And you've, you've hit on something there. And, and, it, and it is a trite saying that's overused a lot in personal development, but you achieved despite, not to spite. Yes. And yeah. again, you know, that, and that is congruent. That's authenticity. That's integrity. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's in, in a nutshell. I mean, everyone will have a reason. Everyone will have a person. You can't tell me what my purpose is. I can't tell you what your purpose is. And we have multiple levels of layers of purpose. And, and I think um, one of the big reasons for people, and, and I want to talk about the rhino because you've got lots of rhinos behind you. Uh, and I think it's very pertinent to this conversation. One of the big reasons I feel is which you've touched upon is people aren't achieving their goals or their resolutions because they don't have enough of a driving force, enough of a purpose. They don't, you know, it's like, oh, look, I've, I've, my belly's a bit big. I'm going to go to the gym. Uh, becoming a member of the gym and by the way gyms are set up a gym now this is interesting all gyms major gyms are set up to take way more members than they can handle because they know that about two-thirds of people i don't know if that's exact fact but they know approximately two-thirds of the people won't even turn up wow so if everybody in your local gym or wherever it is if everybody turned up on the day they will not be able to serve you You'd, you'd be waiting for a long time. But they know people are going to sign up and not just, just not turn up. So they're playing on the fact yeah. that people aren't driven by purpose. So talk, talk to us about the rhinos. You've got all these rhinos behind us. I, I, I mean, what's the significance? I know, I know some of, most of them are gifts, actually. What's the significance of the rhino? Because this is, I love the story that you tell um, uh, to students in particular. There's, I, I, was, I was researching a guy called Professor Alan Watkins. He was one of the pioneers of positive psychology. And he and a lot, lot of people in the world of positive psychology talk about a 2 or a 3% rule of, of people who are happier, more effective, more successful than everybody else because they think and behave differently. And I thought, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And took it on board thought nothing more of it because it wasn't my research so i wasn't going to quote it necessarily but <clears throat> i asked top achievers as a flippant icebreaker question or a close of interview question is it a book that's changed your life and i don't mean oh this is a good read i recommend it i mean changed your game mm. business or per game changer book and most people have got lots of great books good books but people have typically only got one two three max game changer books i mean i know myself you know two i've got two in particular three maybe books that i've bought probably a hundred of these books between them just to give to people because they, they've had such a profound impact on me and i was gobsmacked that out of all the biographies autobiographies business books strategy books marketing books sales books there that's out there 
um, all the fluff and wool and everything, as well as the serious stuff, the most common book quoted by the top achievers I've interviewed was Rhinoceros Success by a guy called Scott Alexander. Hmm. Never heard of him. <laughs> but they were all going, you've got, you've got, and they, they were, they were, you've got to read the book, Dave. And I went, okay. So I got this book and it's a thin book with pictures of cows and rhinos inside it and large print. You know, it's, it's what I call toilet reading, right? Or airport departure lounge reading. And uh, <clears throat> in this book, the author talks about how 97% of the world behave like cows, 3% behave like rhinos. Cows hang around with people just like them where it's safe so they can all talk and moan about life without actually doing anything because of rejection. Mm-hmm. whereas the three percent see what they want boom, having it they charge they go for it they go rhino and these people tend to be happier and more successful than all the rest put together and the good news and the bad news combined here is that most of us in our lives even 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 if if like me you consider yourself just a, an average kind of person watching this today every single one of us have had about two to three percent of our life where we've done cool stuff or mm. stuff we're proud of or stuff that people didn't think we could do or we've slightly overachieved on our normal and we've done gone out of our way to help people, serve people, do something, make a difference. It doesn't matter what it is, 2 to 3% of the time. The rest of the time, we allow ourselves the luxury of mediocrity. Mm. Yeah. All we have to do is accept a reality and I've got no research to back this up other than me just listening to people and guessing on the stats here, right? So I'm just being honest. What I see is that if we flip it, in our lives, typically, typically, not in the current COVID situation, but for the last two and a half years, but typically every year, two to 3% of our days are terrible. The rest is up to us. Let me rephrase that. It's not the rest of the time you're amazing. No, the rest is up to us. We choose. You can either choose to make that as best as possible rhino time, oh. or you can choose as best as possible to seek mediocrity and safety and comfort at best. You know, what, this is so beautiful. One of the most important things you've said to me a number of years ago, and I remember, I remember exactly when we were walking, where I was walking, I should say, I was in Leicester, and I was going through a tough time. <clears throat> and you said, Haroon, it's your micro decisions that you've been making all your life that has created this current reality. I, when, it, when it comes to phrases, for me, that's a game changer as well. You mentioned books, that's a game changer. What did you mean by that? I mean, I know what you meant, but share with us what you meant by that. In what, sorry, what context? So, 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 so let's just say someone wants to set up a resolution, a goal, because they want to have a health change, a relationship change, a business change but they're in a messy, sticky situation. How did their micro decisions get them there? What did, what did you oh, mean by that? Right, it could be, okay, shall I share something very personal? Yeah, that I, yeah, don't yeah. Even, I don't yeah. think I've ever shared this publicly before, only in therapy. But um, when I was, I'm guessing 10, 11, maybe 12 years old, my grandfather died, who was my hero. Hmm. I, I, I adored this bloke. And... Uh, I remember my mum and dad walking into the front room, my brother and sister lying on their floor, like that, watching the telly nationwide, probably, anyone old enough to remember that. And I was lying on the settee 
and uh, we were eating a, a packet of crisps. And I remember it was one of those old um, Smith's Crisp salt and shake blue bag jobbies. And and I remember eating crisps. Mum and Dad came in and said, it's got some bad news. I'm afraid your grandfather's passed away. My mum got upset. Mum and Dad walked out. Mm. My brother and sister followed him. I was, I was young, didn't really know how to deal with that information. But what I do remember now is that I've held this overwhelming surge of emotion and I sedated it with food. Oh. I sedated, I sedated that bad feeling with food. And if you can't tell, I'm a bit of a chunky monkey. And I've grown up with lots and lots of micro decisions where subconsciously, not deliberately, I programmed, hardwired myself to associate bad feelings. You can sedate them with food. <laughs> you know, and and that's why I've become the size I am. Now, with Haroon Cup, you know, you gave me a week of your life in the summer of this year. And in the last six months, I'm two and a half stone down. And it's been life transforming because of the way you taught me. Maybe this is another video for us, mate. Yeah, no, I but, think so. I think so. But, you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm not going to stand here and write some weight loss book or anything like no, that. But, no. but this is about now. I don't hope to. I don't think I can. I know this year I'm going to lose another two to three stone this year. Yes. And it's going to be slow. It's going to be steady. It's going to be done right. Because now that little voice, that 10-year-old isn't in control of David Heiner, the adult. Yeah. You would, again, you talk about micro decisions. Um, you know that half of my time is spent working with young people in high schools as well as mm. companies. And in high schools, the most common question I get asked, because I tell a lot of stories about me going on these crazy adventures I've done over the years, and one of the biggest questions I get asked most frequently is, so how can I have adventures? Hmm. And I'm aware that at times I can sound a bit flippant and not dismissive, but perhaps a bit arrogant, because then I sound like one of those patronising adults who just go, well, just go on an adventure. But, but actually, that's it. It's about that tiny little choice. Do I go home and watch TV tonight, bit of Emmerdale, TV dinner, and then play Xbox till midnight? Or do I go and take the dog a walk? There you go. Do, I was, do, beautiful. Do, you know, do I go and help that old lady down the street? Do I yeah. go a bit of shopping for the old bloke up the road? Do I call an old friend and let's have a laugh? Do I, you know, do we do something better? If you want an adventure, sign up for a charity event, go and work in an elephant sanctuary in gambia there's no elephants in gambia but you know what i mean um but, but you know do something sign up for a charity bike ride get get out of bed and start training in the rain you know do something if you want to write a book and this is this is the, i mean everyone you're a you know you're a best-selling author you've written books i can't remember how many books you've written is it three or four or? I, mean, I think i've written four i'm on my fifth one i'm my, my big challenge to me is to get this book written within this uh within january and okay. get it out. So, so you and I, we're book writers. I mean, I was told by my English teacher, sit down, shut up. You're never going to write a book. I failed yeah. English twice, by the way. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, I've had five Amazon subject number ones. I've written 30 books. and They're not good, by the way. Don't buy the books. <laughs> buy the video courses. They're great. But, <laughs> but my books are averagely written, but the content's good. And I used to be terrified of such this huge goal, writing up book how can you stay motivated to no, one page a day 
10 minutes, 10 yeah. minutes, micro decision, 10 minutes, one page this time next year, give me a 365 page book. Beautiful. Anybody, oh. anybody can do this stuff. You, you know, oh, well, I mean, we can have this conversation for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, we have actually in the past uh, many, many times. So uh, you, you talked about young people and one of your goals was to um, teach young people massive goals. What was your goal about massive goals and uh, what happened? How did you reach it? Can you remember? Which one? Do you know what I'm referring to? <laughs> I do know. Yeah. 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 Um, Arrogantly, when I first started becoming a, a professional speaker, uh, I set a goal to present my massive goal process to one million people. Hmm. And it was one of those things at the back of my mind. Okay, that's the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. But, you know, life, life trots on. And hmm. 20, 21 years later, I'd, I'd forgotten to even pay attention to how many people I was speaking to. Hmm. And I was, by the grace of God and marketing, um, a busy speaker. <laughs> you know, I was, I was a busy speaker. And one of my friends, he says, I've spoken for half a million people. I went, that is amazing. And then as he continued talking, I was just totting up. Well, last week I spoke to about two and a half thousand. Two and a half thousand in a week. About 40 weeks a year. I've been doing this for 20 years. And I went home and with the help of my PA, we actually went through all the jobs that, and put, I always, I always say just on the lower side for caution, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so I can always say with confidence, this is true. And we've, we've spoken to 1.2 million people now. Wow. Live. And that's wow. just live. That doesn't include virtually. Wow. 1.2 million in live audience, not not over Zoom, but actually no. in person. And, you know, um, <clears throat> I would say it's in terms of I've seen many speakers and I'm very, very I'm not the kind of person who does rah, rah, rah. I don't get excited about um, speakers and speaking so easily. But I have to say, even though I've seen you present and I've, we presented together or live on stage, pound for pound, you are in terms of quality, in, in terms of impact, in terms of engagement, the best professional speaker I've ever seen uh, for young people. It is phenomenal. The goals, the kind of things people have been achieving. Maybe do you want to share maybe a couple of things that young people have achieved as a result of applying massive goals? To, I mean, talk to us about um, that young lady who wanted to be a politician. Yeah, we've, we've, we had a young lady in, the, in a sixth form in Worcestershire wanted to be an international politician, but she was really shy. Um, I said, you know, get mentored by a top politician. And she uh, she got a two-page handwritten reply from Barack Obama. Another young lad wanted to, um, he was in a local cycling club and he'd never ridden on a banked, what a velodrome circuit before. And he said, I want to be a professional cyclist. I went, did you know they're doing trials for Team GB at the velodrome in Manchester in a few weeks time? Go. And first first time on this bank circuit, he got into Team GB, came second in the European Championships, oh, and was wow. taken up by the second largest professional cycling team on the world tour. I could I could go on. How, how, how old how old was this kid uh, who did the cycling? He was seventeen. Seventeen. So you know what, and and this is the bit that irks me is that. We as adults, those who are adults watching this, we cap the capacity of our young people because we tell them 
effing realistic and achievable. And for a young girl from Worcestershire who's shy to actually communicate with Barack Obama when he was the president, by the way, yeah, isn't that afterwards? Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. That's like, it sounds impossible. It sounds absolutely impossible. And we can go on and on about the goal. So, yeah, and the achievements. I really want to, I want to start drawing this to a, goal, a close. But before we do that, can you, you know, I mean, for those of you who want to actually do the course, I strongly, strongly recommend it because. I, I know we can talk about this forever, but Dave is on a massive purpose. I mean, he's, he's the amount of lives, I would say he's saved, not a healer, but I'll tell you what, he gives hope. And with that hope, by the way, as someone who's a therapist, who's a healer, with that hope, you open yourself up to chronic fatigue, you open yourself, scientifically proven, by the way, to cancer. Because if your soul if your soul doesn't have to have a reason to live after a certain age, I'm talking about beyond your 20s, it is already dying. So I've got no reason to live. I can promise you when I take on people as clients who are depressed or got chronic fatigue, I ask them, what is your goal in life? What, what do you, what is actually one question I ask is what's your big dream? Just about every one of them say to be here tomorrow, to get through this day, <clears throat> um, which is all well and good. It sounds like, oh, very, you know, uh, yoga, like, you know, I want to, I'm living for the day. Well, in, in truth is they don't have any hope for the future. Every single one of you watching this video now, you're not here by accident. You are here to live, to be alive and to make a difference, to serve others way more than you. So stop being damn selfish and go and learn the program. You know, we, we, we can't do it in one hour, you know, interview. Um, this is a YouTube video. Um, I, I don't know even how many people are watching right now. But what I would recommend is go and get that video training, £19.99. Personally, personally, it's been a life changer for me because I thought I was just messed up in my head by going for these big goals. And then when David decodified it, he codified the whole system. I thought, oh, my God, of course. So it's 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 a no-brainer for me. So, David, is it possible in this short space of time to just maybe give a few principles about the massive gold principles, maybe a handful of principles to get them started? Okay. Set a massive goal. Have a reason why you must achieve the goal that is bigger than any of your fears and insecurities, one that makes you get up and go training in the rain on a Sunday morning kind of motivation. Um, go away, and this is quoting Chris Akabusi, MBE, the former Team GB athlete, champion. Um, he said, don't look up to people, look into them. So if somebody has already achieved at the highest level in what it is you want to do, stalk them, go through their bins, hang outside the house, get them to coach, mentor you, get a mentor at the very highest level. And, and uh, by the way, in, while, you, while you're on there, those who are on the very highest level love mentoring. It's true. Yeah. In any field, the best of the best will make time. It's up to you to take advantage in a positive way. Yeah. Sorry, David. Go on. No, no. You, you were spot on there as well, mate. Um, next thing would be to get support and accountability. Two things that most people run away from. They see asking for support and help as a weakness when top achievers see it. Well, I don't know that. Of course, I need help. They see it as an absolute obvious, a no-brainer, a strength. Mm -hmm. And people are afraid of seeking genuine accountability because people like to get off the hook, pretend they pretend they've done it when they haven't, and get off, you know, get on. Oh. No, top achievers seek accountability. They have 
a few hand-picked men and women around them who they trust to eyeball them just like you and I do to each other age and you know and go so have you done that really no excuses do it you know um a couple of other things slight some people will say this is fluffy stuff but actually it's critical please keep in mind it is okay to be afraid that is normal. It's a human being in motion. It's an emotion. We are, we have these feelings for a reason. They are there to protect us. They're not there to stop us. Yeah. You see, it's okay to be afraid. It is not okay for you to be so scared that you don't go after your massive goals. Yeah. Because frequently the failures, the knockbacks, the stumbles, trips, and falls we have along the way, they don't kill us. They make us more resilient. They give us that uh, bounce back ability. You know, the kind of, the kind of, you see it in the movies when you think they're downtrodden, they get up covered in dust, bloodied and scarred and scraped, and they look the camera in the eye and go, is that all you got? And they go again and again. And that's the kind of resilience we build by having a go and getting knocked down and having a reason why we must get up again. And you, you very eloquently talked about purpose there, Haroon, and, if, if, if I can conclude with, again, a true story from the very first mastermind group that I facilitated back in 2001. And one of the members was a tall, slim, vest-wearing, hawkish-featured guy, little wire-round glasses. He was a cost management accountant, forensic cost management accountant. And as stereotypical an accountant you could get, he was. He was a smashing guy, but like hawkeye.icross.t detailed dude. And we were talking about purpose and core values and insecurities. And he, was, and he put his pen down, crossed his own, and says, I haven't got any insecurities, Dave. And everyone in the room, including me, just went, what? Sorry? What? He says, it was, I said, with respect to him, every single person on the planet has insecurities. And he looked me in the eye and I, whew. he says, David, he says, I was going to say this later on, but I'll say it now. He says, I'm really sorry, gentlemen, but I won't be finishing this year with the group not because I don't want to, but because I've just been diagnosed with a very, very serious um, uh, thing on the brain. He says, and I've got months to live, not weeks, not, not years, just got months. And he said, when you are given that diagnosis, you realize in a heartbeat that every single thing in your life you have ever thought was a problem or worried about was insignificant. You see, we can kid ourselves that, having a boat, a Ferrari on the drive, 50 grand in a bank account or a nice house in Sussex is what we want. He says, but it's fluff, it's wool, it's nonsense. He says, when you're in that situation, you realise everything you've ever been concerned about, seeking other people's approval and control and security. And he says, it's rubbish. The only thing you ever want is to be loved, valued and appreciated. Wow. Absolutely, so so true, isn't it? And and you and you, and some some of the people who are in that group, you know, um, and we literally just went, yeah, because you, you can't argue with the truth. No, exactly, exactly. I've had a, I've had a billion. I have had honestly a billionaire sat just over there at that other desk, and we went through the purpose stuff. And when he realised that for himself, <laughs> cried like a baby. Yeah. Yeah, like a baby. And, and and so can you see why we, we can't just go into everything into intimate detail yeah. here? <laughs> so um, click on the link. It's in the show notes, the description. That would be great. David, um, there's a whole 
broad range of people who can get hold of you. Um, we'll put the links for David. So if you are somebody, I strongly recommend. If you are a school teacher, head of year, better, or whatever. They better have big arms if they're going to get hold of me. Yeah, 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 exactly. Straight <laughs> out your arms. If you, if you want to get hold of David and uh, contact him even, um, then uh, go to stretchdevelopment.com. The link is below. General social uh, social media. What's the where's the best place for people to find you? Because there's you're all over the place in terms of yeah, social media. I'm, yeah. Just put my name in. I'm over it like a rashid. I want to talk to the doctor about mate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> face, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok famous. Um, yeah, yeah, everywhere, mate. I'm everywhere. Okay, brilliant. So make sure you follow David. Make sure you stalk him. And you know. I've seen so many people's dreams come true as a result of work, people working with David. And uh, David, it's an honor to have you in my life. You're absolutely amazing. It's an honor to have you uh, on this lastminute.com interview. And I'm really, really touched that you joined us on, uh, well, at the time of recording, 2nd of January 2022, which is going to be absolutely amazing. Is there anything you want to say or is there a question I could have asked and haven't and you would ask if you were in my position of you? Not a question, a, a statement, and that is yeah. for anybody watching this, this isn't just to big up a room, but never underestimate the power of the intent that this man has for you. If you go back through his back catalogue of books, videos, courses, stuff he's done, the intent he has to serve people and make them better, second to none. Go and check him out more. Go dig a bit deeper. Who? I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Thank you so much, David. And uh, if you've been watching the series, then make sure you watch every single video in the 12-part series. Make sure you subscribe and all that good stuff. Um, you will find that the New Year's resolution video is totally in alignment with what we've discussed. So we cover different things and it will cover a lot more ground in different uh, aspects, including the psychology of setting New Year's resolution. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow. Bye for now.